Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Master Your Mindset. In this episode, we have special guest, Dr. Sam Manyar. He's a sports psychologist. He's a licensed psychologist. He's also the founder of the Center for Peak Performance, and he's worked with NFL athletes, Olympic athletes, college, amateur athletes, business executives, CEOs. Uh, he's worked with the Browns. He was at The Ohio State University when they won the national championship. And Dr. Manyar was a sports psychologist and helped train me a little bit at Washington State years ago. We had a great conversation uh, about resilience, about discipline, about handling nerves, uh, some tips for uh, sales professionals, athletes, parents, coaches. So sit back, tune in. Let's get our mind right. Let's learn from Dr. Sam Manyar. everyone welcome back to master your mindset the podcast to get your mind right we know you just can't train the body you got to train the mind mind right game tight and we have a special guest a long time friend we got dr sam on the show who's going to bring us some juice uh the founder of center for peak performance dr sam how you doing i'm doing great colin it's great to be here yeah uh we worked together a little bit back at washington state you were there for uh for a year but i'd be curious to uh, let the listeners know and me know, how'd you get into this field? So, you know, I was a, you know, like many people in the field, I was a, an athlete and uh, I was a, a runner and a soccer player primarily. I dabbled in wrestling as well. But, you know, when I was in high school, I picked up a book on the mind-body connection that was for runners. It was called The Total Runner by Jerry Lynch. I think it might have been published in 87 or something like that. So I'm going to date myself a little bit. But um, and when I read this, it just made so much sense. And it felt like it was something that nobody was paying attention to. And I said, yeah, I remember, you know, I was toying with, do I want to be an engineer or do I want to be a sports psychologist? And um, yeah, I know this couldn't be you know, any more different, but uh, but I was just hooked on this mind-body connection and felt like it was this untapped area and said, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, I want to connect my passion for helping people and my passion for sports. And, um, you know, at the time, Eastern Europe was big into sports psychology, but in the US, it was almost unheard of outside of research. Not a lot of people doing it applied. And so that's kind of, that, that was the beginning of it right there. So when you started to read these books and read these concepts, the mind-body connection, was there like a, a sentence or a story or a paragraph or a research thing that you said, oh my gosh, this is the missing link. You know, I, I think back then it was, it was really the, the basic stuff, things that we would consider basic today, but back then they were, they were mind blowing, you know, things like visualization, you know, re, you know, the, the story of Roger Bannister, which has been, you know, told to death at this point, right? But, but you know, as a runner, and then, you know, and, and the, the, the journal articles that came out that said it was impossible for a human being to run faster than four minutes in, in the mile, and how he visualized his splits down to the tenth of a second, and how he hit all four of those. 
Um, and then, you know, just kind of the, the whole self-talk and visualization piece are really, again, what you would take for granted today, but, you know, in, in the, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties was just kind of, you know, new, new mind blowing stuff. That's great. So what tactic have you seen if you're trying to get an athlete bought in? I know you coach in business executive CEOs and that, and that type of group, but if someone's kind of skeptical on, we should prioritize train of mind. What are right. some like low hanging fruit concepts we can, we can share and like learn? Well, I, I think the, you know, before you explain the, the, what I think you do need to get that buy-in and, and, you know, the way I do, it's quite simple. And I know a lot of other people in the field do it very similarly, but so if I'm, you know, and I did this with your football team when I worked with them back 20 years ago, you know, what I would say is, look, we can, we can break performance down into four pillars. And, and a lot of times people talk about three pillars, but so the, the first three are the physical, the technical, the tactical, and the mental. And we might break it down further. So, if, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm talking about a wide receiver, so if I'm going to be, be you for a minute, Colin, back in the day, you know, you know, so the physical, you know, things might, you know, your, your flexibility might be important for a wide receiver, your vertical might be uh, your strength, your endurance, your speed, uh, your sleep and your recovery habits, right? Um, then the technical would be uh, in and getting in and out of your breaks, uh, would be your release, um, would be uh, how to use your hands, uh, how to high point the ball. You know, those are all technique related things, right? Time out, time out. Are you a receiver coach? I mean, you're, you're, you're <laughs> throwing around, out some. I've been around in football <laughs> enough. Um, I know you're with the, 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 the Browns. For, are you still with the Browns? You're with the Browns. For I consult yeah, you, on the draft. Yeah. Uh, for the yeah. Browns, but I was full time with the Browns. I was with the Ohio yeah. State football team for five and a half years. I was with the uh, AAF for the uh, the brief three and a half months that that existed. But I'm um, like, am I talking to a receiver coach right now? <laughs> right. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, but keep, going, keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Enough to yeah, be dangerous. Keep, you know. Yeah. And then and then there's the tactics, right? The tactics are kind of the, you know your your pre pre snap uh, recognition of what the you know the coverage is. Um, it's knowing, it's knowing your play, your playbook, your responsibility. It's knowing how to adjust your routes based on the coverage, you know? So like, you know, it, it, are you gonna you know, sit between the two safeties or, you know, whatever it might be, right? Um, knowing your opponent and how they like to play, your individual opponent, but the team. So mm. a lot of that comes from film prep. Yeah. And then there's the mental. So the mental is things like your confidence, it's your mindset, it's, um, you know, it's your ability to handle uh, emotions and stay, relatively even keel, that's your ability to be focused, um, you know, it, and all of those things that we throw in the mental bucket. And then I say to, I would say to the athlete or the team, how many hours are you devoting towards your sport right now? Mm. And, you know, if it's yeah. a college athlete, okay, the, the, the right answer is 20. You and I both know that it's more than that, right? But, but 20. Um, and, and then I'll say, okay, so what percentage of your performance do you think is due to the physical, the technical, the tactical, and the and the mental. And again, the total has to equal 100%, right? So I don't care what they tell me. They might tell me that it's 30, 30, 30, 10. Okay, fine. They might say, oh, it's 50% mental. They might say it's 5% mental, 1% mental. I, I, don't, I don't really care what the number is. And then I say, okay, so you're, you're practicing 20 hours a week. How many hours are you devoting of that 20 to physical training, to technical training, to tactical training, 
and mental training. You know, maybe we'll put it on a whiteboard or something like that. And there's going to be a discrepancy between what they said in terms of percentage and how much time they're mm-hmm. devoting to it. And in most cases, people will look at you like, what do you mean? How do I train mentally? I mean, that, that answer is zero. I don't do anything. It's just part of practice. But you would never say, oh, I don't train tactically. That's just part of practice. No, you, you watch film. Or you would mm-hmm. never say, I don't train technically. That's part of practice. No, you do extra reps with the jugs machine or, you know, you, mm-hmm. you get you get, you get a, a DB out there and you work on your release or, you know, you do that, right? So why wouldn't you do the same mentally? And I was, and, and then I would use that number back to them. I would say, look, you said it was 10% mental, but you're only training in the other three areas. So that you're only reaching 90% of your potential. So, you know, what if I could increase your yards per catch by 10%? What if I could increase your touchdown production by 10%? What if I could knock mm. 10% off your 40 time? Um, using your numbers, you're wow. only reaching 90% or 50% or 95% of your potential. And that's how I kind of get them thinking about it. That's how I get them to go from pre-contemplation to contemplation. If you, if you mm-hmm. talk about like the Prochaska and DiClemente stages of change, theory yeah. right so and and then it's only then that i can talk about the techniques like visualization and mindfulness mm-hmm. and goal setting and uh concentration and focus and etc 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 i love that you separated into tactical that's For different sure. than mental because some people say what do you do to train the mind oh, i watch film right well no. you're you're actually studying your opponent where i feel like the mental is you study yourself yeah for sure and, for sure and i know, think a lot of people do call the tactical piece mental um, and so you either need to change it or then I'll use the term psychological, but that term has such a, it's so weighted, you know, and it's, but, but you, it. but you threw in some good stuff. Like what's your pre-snap read? What are yep. your focus keys? Yeah. You know, that's different than how do I manage my uh, state? If my heart rate's elevated, sure. you know, what do I For do sure. if I notice thoughts drifting to where I don't want them? Yeah. Um, but you talked about draft, like, let's just break down. What are you looking for? Like, what do you, can you break down? Okay. I'm going to do. There's different tests that there are done and the different things you, but it's like you measure Tom Brady and he is the worst body we've ever seen with his shirt off. He's the slowest 40 yard dash I think ever recorded by a quarterback, but you can't open his chest and you can't open his brain to see his heart and his grit, his determination, his passion, and his just cerebral, just competitive fire. So how do you, how do you help teams like measure? Is that what you kind of do is kind of maybe interview and, and test and kind of figure yeah, out it, like, like, like a character and all that stuff. Sure. Yep. Interviewing. Te- yeah. Character. I'll put in quotation marks, right? Because it's such a broad, vague term. But yes, that's what they're looking for is character. So, so when when I work when I work for a team, number one, it's what are they looking for, and and it's it's about fit, you know. So, um, one player uh, may, may may be a great fit for one organization and not for another, right? And and might have to do. I'll use uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as an example. So. You know, he tested very, very high intelligence wise, but knowing that he was going to need a, a red shirt year, so to speak, in the NFL, and he was going to have to learn how to run a pro style offense. And he was going to need, a, you know, a, a, a strong mentor to, to teach him. Right. And, you know, that wouldn't have been a great fit for the Browns when I was working for the Browns that year but was absolutely a great fit for the New England Patriots, you know, to come and learn under Tom Brady. Right. Um, you know, so great example of somebody who just right fit uh, in one team, but not, not the other. So, so what I look for though is, is fit, but I look at what's their risk on the field. 
What's their risk off the field? And then what's their learning risk? And then my approach is to put suggestions in place on how to mitigate that risk. I don't like saying draft or don't draft. I don't like saying take them off the board because if I'm being honest, maybe maybe I can account for or predict 10%, right? The rest of it's got to come from watching tape and I don't watch tape. So, so you know, I'm more of a, hey, here's what I see the, the risk is on the field, off the field and they're learning. And here's what I think you're going to need to do. So as an example, let's say somebody is a, kinesthetic learner. They learn by doing. Uh, in football, they call them a rep learner. Okay, this is a rep learner. And let's say you're going to draft this person and he's going to come in behind a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. And let's say you already know that, you know, on, on some of the intelligence measures, he is kind of borderline starter in terms of his intelligence only, not that that's the be all and end all. But you know he's a rep learner, you know he's going to come in behind a Pro Bowler, and you know intellectually he's, he's a little bit of a challenge. But let's say in college, he kind of played all five positions across the line. Well, the inclination is going to be awesome. You know, we've got somebody we can slot in at all five offensive line positions and be a backup. But if he's a rep learner and he's behind a pro bowl, pro bowler, and intellectually, we know it's going to take him a little bit longer to learn the playbook. The last thing you want to do is slot him into five different positions in training camp. And you want him to get the reps at his primary position, but he's not going to get them behind a pro bowler. So does it make sense to draft that person? Uh, maybe not, uh, depending on your situation. And so that's what that's the sort of stuff I, I'll do. Or if they've had some off-field incidents, whether it was a failed drug test or incidents with the law, you know, suggestions that I have on, you know, what they might, um, what the organization might need to do to kind of mitigate some of that risk, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, or if, you know, I'm aware that, they're going to be bringing a posse with them or they're going to be, you know, I talked to one guy this year said, my mom's coming with me to keep me out of trouble. And I was like, awesome. You know, I think that's great awareness on your part uh, that, you know, you, you realize you need that. Um, and, and so that's great. So, you know, he's trying to mitigate the risk themselves. And then on the field, it could be things like, you know, all the stuff that falls on the mental bucket. It's, you know, losing their composure. How do they respond after a, a bad play? Um, how have they been handled, you know, getting chewed out and, you know, and there's different ways I get at that because nobody wants to come right out and tell you all that. Um, so there's different ways I get at that. Yes, I do use some psych tests, but I use the psych test more as an interview guide. So I'll, I'll, use, I'll use the, you know, the, the flagged questions to, as probes in my interview, but I don't ever use it as an assessment as a conclusion. Yeah. Have you seen an assessment that's really good? That, ever, that everyone should probably take to get a baseline? Uh, so I'll tell you the stuff that the league does is pretty, you know, it's garbage. Uh, I will tell you that. Um, and, and there's so many vendors at the combine and I've is, yet... is there a way we, is there a way we can combine forces and make the most legit test ever? So th there are vendors out there that claim they have that. Um, yeah. I, I, ha I, you know, based on the research I've done where I've taken their data and then, you know, over, four or five years of data, look at their, their stats in the NFL. I still haven't found that. Now there is an intelligence test that I use that I have had some uh, pretty good success with, but primarily for quarterbacks and offensive linemen, um, you know, and, and, and it, you know, it's more of a performance-based uh, intelligence test. As opposed, I don't care about their verbal, you know, skills, you know, that's, that's not, 
it's not going to be important, right? But you know, can they? What's their processing speed like? Um, can they quickly manipulate objects in their mind? You know, from a, in three dimensions. Um, those are some of the things that I think. But it takes the right person to be able to translate the psych speak to football speak. You know, yeah, that's what, really what, what, yeah. To, what does to that make mean? this concept translate to us, we can understand it and, and consume it. Um, right. Give me a few traits. I mean, you founded an organization, the Center for Peak Performance. We're looking at reaching our, our peak. And uh, I like to say the biggest growth potential is not physical, it's mental. So sure. when you're, for your you know, years being in this industry, working with Olympic performers, you know, professional uh, business executives, CEOs, um, college performers, like, can you, have you pinpointed like your philosophy? Okay, the best performers have these traits, not just, not just physical, but they have these mental skills. Yeah. Have you like wrapped that around? Have you shrunk down like these top three, four or five or? Well, I mean, I, I, the first thing that comes to mind is resilience, um, you know, and, and so, you know, I think top athletes uh, are resilient because you're going to experience setbacks. You're going to experience failure. You're going to lose. And it's how you respond to that, um, you know, so that pulls in, you know, concepts, you know, some, I think people understand some, some haven't been proven uh, in their research, you know, things like grit, grit hasn't held up in the research, but I think people know what you mean by grit, um, the concept of grit, you know, the growth mindset, again, hasn't fully stood up in, in, in the research, but, but. The, but it's the so smart, it's those, smart right? to sell books and to create yes. these ideas, right? right. It's, right. it's brilliant. It's making, it's making like these academic terms and they keeping them super simple, right? For sure. You know, and my kids learn about growth mindset in school and my kids learn about Covey's seven habits in school. And, you know, so I, I think it's brilliant. You know, if you can find a way to, you know, convey just like the, taking the intelligence test and translating it to football terms, if you can take, you know, the, the psychological concepts and, and explain them to the layperson, to the, to the athlete, um, in a way that makes sense, whether it's been, you know, supported in the research or not, it, it just makes a lot of sense. You know, the person who is measuring their success based on outcomes versus measuring their success based on development. Yes, it just makes sense that the person who's focused on development is going to last longer and be less likely to burn out. Right. Um, so, so resilience, um, I think is, is huge. And that is a concept that has held up in the psychological literature, whether you talk about, you know, kids that have been abused or people that have been through a, a, a traumatic event like a hurricane or, um, you know, a lot of people have looked at what makes certain people, you know, okay, so to speak, seemingly okay, thrive, survive, and what makes other people struggle, you know, get stuck, if you will. And, you know, it comes down to resilience and, and components of resilience. And so, so I see the same with athletes, those who are more resilient, those who can take feedback and learn from it, those who set more process oriented goals, as opposed to outcome, those who are uh, interested in being challenged and want to grow, they can look at a setback as a learning opportunity. Um, those are those are the athletes that, su that succeed. And those things can be taught. That's the beautiful thing. You know, that's where you and I come in, right? Those things can be taught. If it was just a personality trait, well, then there wouldn't be a business in, in sports psychology or mental training. 
So, so we got we got resilience. I'm gonna ask you a follow question. How do we train resilience? But then I want I know you got maybe two two more. So yeah. So, so you know I I think uh, I think one of the other things I, I kind of threw in there was I I think setting process. You know, someone who sets a more process oriented goal. Somebody somebody who uh, you know has more of a, a growth mindset. Somebody who is uh, I think discipline is is huge. Yes. Um. You know and 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 so and. I think people will, will wane and, you know, wax and wane over their careers in terms of some of these things. Right. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, when I was with the Browns, one of the things I, I would do is we would, we would take a look at, you know, what are their career goals? What are their year goals? And then we try to break it down into controllable process oriented things and, and have it just a checklist that they would hang in their locker. And it was as simple as, all right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and check, 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 check all the way down. And, you know, um, I think I have, you know, here's, here's one from. And, and while you're looking, parents, are you listening to this? Are you listening to what we got a clinical psychologist that's working with professional Olympic college teams? And he's talking about, that's, well, we don't have, they, the listeners probably won't see the recording, but yeah, no, you they have, won't. They won't, but I'll it's, show it's a you. nice visual. Yeah, it's and a nice visual right. of these daily process goals process means uh mental and physical disciplines done daily to aid performance yeah it's so not it's not it's not a result so the way i you know correct. using simple language focus on the root not just the fruit absolutely so instead of statistics instead yeah. of outcomes winning or losing goals scored um possession percentage you know, or time of possession, those things aren't fully in your control, but it's what are the things that, do, that you need to do in order to achieve those things. Yes. So it's okay to have an outcome goal of, hey, yeah. I wanna, you know, my goal is, you know, to score two goals in this game, or my goal is to have 120 yards receiving. Okay. Or, or my things, goal is to get a second contract. Or, or my goal is to get a second contract because that's yeah. where you make money, right? That's where you make your money. That's so right. what do we need to do? Yeah, you know? so, so it's, all right, what do you need to do in order for to increase the likelihood of that happening? And so I'm looking, I have Joe Hayden's permission to use to use this. So yeah. this is Joe Hayden's and, you know, and it was. So guys, know. Joe Hayden is a Pro Bowl cornerback, one of the best corners in, in, in the league. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely, yeah. So he's with the Browns, now with the Steelers and, you know, and, and uh, you know, so he had his, you know, process-oriented things was it being in a facility by a certain time you know, watching a, a two minute uh, highlight video that he and I put together where, um, you know, I, you know, I had, you know, my voice was on there saying some certain things to him or 10 minutes of uh, extra stretching with his peak with his, uh, with his trainer, you know, uh, extra time on the jugs machine before practice, extra time after practice with coaches working on his press technique extra time film study. And these are all numerical. So 30 minutes extra film study, 10 minutes extra press technique, et cetera. And then, you know, be asleep by a certain time. And, you know, those That's are great. pretty basic, right? You know, and when you're as gifted as Joe Hayden, they can be, uh, right? But but th th then it gave him a visual to check those things off in his locker. And then when he missed something, then it's a great conversation around, hey, what got in the way? You said you were going to be asleep by 11 o'clock. Um, and I noticed on Tuesday and Wednesday, you, you didn't you didn't get a check there so what, what happened well you know what I, I put off I procrastinated and doing my film study and so I you know I had to do my film study late at night and okay so again so why did that happen like how can we work around that next time so that you know it doesn't 
cycle into losing sleep and so forth. So, so those are a couple other. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about you know co- coaches and leaders out there. We have a lot of salespeople. I work a lot of like sales organizations. It's no different. Process over outcome. You got goals and quotas. Sure. So what are you going to do daily? But I think let's. I just want to touch on resilience. So parents, you have to let your kids fail. Yep. And learn how to adapt, learn and grow. Yep. No, no doubt. If you, about if it. you try to fix everything for them and put them in, in positions where they're always going to win, you're doing them a disservice. And I think some parents think, well, I don't want them to struggle, but they need to struggle like in a, in a, in a controlled, safe environment. Right. And then, and then discipline. Can we just teach us how do we act different than how we feel? Yeah. Okay. How do we so, see, you can't, can't get my point. I think yeah, I some, so the average performer is saying all these, these Joe Hayden's and uh, you know, uh, trout, my trout or these top sales professionals, they always feel confident, motivated, driven. That's, that's a lie. Right. They act different than how they feel. They have certain things that they do, uh, whether it's just getting started, getting moving, or thinking about their goals, their whys. Uh, so maybe teach us how do we act different than how we feel to be disciplined. Sure. All right. So you brought up two things. I'll try to address both of them. So the failing piece, absolutely. Whether you're a sales professional, whether you're a you know an amateur athlete, a professional athlete, handling failure is is important. And and if a coach or a parent or a manager always helped them through that you know what they're, they're not learning and then how you know as a as a sports psychologist if my client needs me to perform well i haven't done my job and as a parent if your child needs you to perform well in the athletic field you haven't done your job and the same would be as a sales manager right so and the way to do that is to learn you know the best metaphor i give colin is um and this may not work for you because I know you met Kendra really, you know, when you were young and so forth. But I think a lot of your listeners will be able to relate to this. Uh, you know, it's like dating. Okay. And so if you think about dating, when you were first starting to date, whatever age that might be, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever, what you looked for in a partner is probably very different from what you looked for now. Um, or what you appreciate in your partner now, or, or if you're still single, if you're listening to this, what you look for now is probably very different from what you looked for then. And why? Because you made mistakes. You went for the all looks and no brains, and that didn't work out so well. You went for, uh, you know, great personality, but, you know, treated his or her family poorly, and that just didn't work out. And you made mistakes along the way, and you course corrected, you adjusted. And the only way that to figure out in the end what makes you happy, what's a good match, is because of all of those mistakes you made, all of those dates that didn't work out, all of those significant others that didn't work out, until you settle in on what you think and which, what works for you. And sports is the same way. You know, you, you've got a, you got a, you know, a, a loss, a setback, a mistake is a gift. And it's a gift in that it's a, it, it's a teach, it's a teaching moment. You know, so um, if, you know, I'll, I'll use a soccer example, both my kids are soccer players. And so if I go to take, you know, the, the game winning shot and it sails over the crossbar, yeah, that sucks. And yeah, that's going to sting. Right. But what's the, what's the lesson in there? All right. Well, the lesson in, in there is I've got to get right. It could be a technical, tactical, physical, or mental thing, right. To go full circle to how we started. If it's a technical thing, Hey, you got to get your shoulders and your chest over that ball. And, and you've got to land on the foot 
that you uh, that you strike the ball with. Um, if it is a uh, you know a tactical thing, hey, you know this keeper can't go low, so there's no need to crush it. All you need to do is pass it into one of the corners on the ground, right? Um, if it's a physical thing, uh, maybe it's uh, you need to get stronger in terms of your leg strength, or maybe it's a flexibility thing. And maybe it's a mental thing that you're thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this, right? It could be any of those, uh, but those are valuable data points. And then it tells you, hey, this is what I need to work on so that the next time I'm in this position, I'll be better and ready to, uh, to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Um, and that's the only way, the only way to get better is through feedback and mistakes or feedback. So, so I agree with you there. Um, so the other piece, remind me of I went off on a The other one is, is discipline. I think discipline. discipline. So yep. we like to say at Master Your Mindset, behaviors precede success. Yep. Yeah. Behaviors precede success. So identify the key behaviors, whether you model and mirror who's doing it or know what works for you to get you in the right frame of mind to get the reps in, to build the confidence, just to create that rhythm routine. We treat practice by self games the same. So, but how do we develop this discipline? I think that's the number one separator yeah. that people want some magic pill. It's, there's no magic pill. Certainly. You put the work in. 100%. You got to put the work in, right? But but you're not going to go from where you are to being a pro bowler overnight either, right? And so it's it's within reason and it's it's working towards something. So I think goals are essential. You, you mentioned some of your listeners are, are sales professionals, right? Sales is all about numbers of calls. Right. It's 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 very simple. Um, it's number of calls made. Right. And and you've got to be resilient. And yes, you're going to learn from from the hang ups and the, and the mistakes and the and the setbacks and the failures. And you're going to adjust accordingly. Right. But it's it's number of calls. That's the process goal. And it's going to be different in every sales industry. But numbers of calls. Right. Um, you know, for an athlete, it might be uh, n- number of minutes working on an individual skill, or it might be number of m- minutes watching film or, you know, whatnot, but, but, you know, it's, but, how about this? How about this? Let me, let me guide you to, to this thought, this thought wavelength. We're going to vibe off together. How do we get people to do it when they don't feel motivated or they don't feel like they want to do it or there's yeah. fear or, but we have, how do we train this discipline skill, this mental skill of acting different, like process, this process of outcome, but like standards over like feelings. Yep. So one of the first ways I always tell people is fake it till you make it. Um, you know, act as if you are confident. Act as if you are the top salesperson out there. Act as if you are the pro bowler because the mind and the body are connected. And if you go in there thinking you suck, your body and your posture and everything's going to be off, right? But if you go, conversely, if you go out there with a confident posture, and I'm not into power posing and stuff like that, right? But, but, but if you kind of walk the walk, if you're talking on the phone, if you're a sales professional, as though you are confident, as though you're going to get the sale, then your mind will lag a little bit behind, but it'll get caught up, right? Um, because they are connected. So it can not just go mind to body, it can go body to mind. So act yes. as if. Mm. You are confident. That, that's one thing I could say. But I'll go back to the goals. I think having process goals, um, you know, I don't have this visual here and I know we have listeners anyways, but 
Um, something we did with something I did with your team is I don't know if you remember the big fish bowl we had in the locker. Yeah, well, right? we, and we would drop stuff into the the the, the bucket and we did something right. good. Yeah, so you guys would set a process goal every day, mm. and then you drop a, a poker, a plastic poker chip into this huge mm. fish tank. And I remember the the freshman skits. There were you know a lot of people making making jokes about that, like dropping pennies into the cold tub and stuff like that, because it looked <laughs> so insurmountable at the beginning of the yeah. season, right? Yeah. But as the those chips started to rise and you had a bad practice and you looked at the and you're like okay today was bad but look at all those things that we've accomplished as a team or mm. i'll do pennies in a in a empty gatorade bottle or a you know mm. or a dasani bottle or you know or something like that and 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 so and so you, you've had a you know you've got a visual of of mm. your accomplishments and you can see the pennies rising yeah. or the poker chips rising so so i think setting process goals and seeing the fruits of your labor in terms of um, improvement, mm -hmm. it can give us confidence as well when we don't feel like it in our head. Yeah, and, and Coach Price's job was on the line that year. It uh, was. It yeah, was. so it was like we're, we either we go to a bowl game or he doesn't have a job. Um, yep. And I, I remember that year breaking it down. One thing I love that we did that year was you broke it down like the season into like four chunks. Like, right. Yeah. The first chunk was let's 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 or whatever. Yeah. Before. Well, the yeah. first one let's beat Idaho, right. but then it was like we broke it down into these like small like mini seasons. Yes. So it's like breaking your goals down or, or your vision or your your action goals down into like smaller chunks, so you're not overwhelmed. Um, but I want to just transition and talk about a topic that's really important to me, is a performers getting their self worth from what they do instead of talk about growth and being authentic yep. and being a great teammate and staying curious. And like we've mentioned like a million times or in the show process over outcome, how do we help kids, parents, uh, Tanner who's going off to college and he's a golfer, you know, how do we give them tools, strategies, tactics, and the, the perspective, I think perspective. So to me, the, the, the two mother of all mental skills are self-awareness and perspective yep. is, is that I'm not defined by this outcome. Yes. So how do we how do we help parents and kids and athletes and, and pro I mean pro athletes business executives feel the same stress yep. to detach worth from a result? Well, I mean that's just it is you you have to connect your worth to something that is more process oriented and in your control as opposed to outcomes, right? That you I mean you you just you just you just said it, Colin, and I get it. It's easier said than done, but. Um, you know, I see too often people tying their worth and get, getting a division one scholarship or, you know, being all conference or, uh, you know, winning, you know, getting invited to the, the million dollar sales club or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and those things just aren't in your control. That would be, you know, it's an extreme example. But what if I said, you know, I'm only good when the weather is sunny outside. Um, you know, I, I don't have any control over the weather, just like I don't have any control over whether some coaches are going to vote me all conference or whether I'm going to get a, a division one scholarship offer. And so, so it's, you know, it's coaches and parents and athletes themselves need to connect things to, you know, the two big things I focus on with youth athletes are, um, are uh, effort and attitude. You know, and, and I, when my kids were younger, I, I would write E on one hand and A on the other. And those things are in their control. 
And sometimes if I noticed something, I would just put a hand up. My right hand up was, was attitude. If I noticed they were, you know, kind of their body language was poor. And it was just only, they knew what I meant. Cause you know, I didn't say, Hey, your attitude sucks. Or, you know, it said, Oh, it's like, Hey, you know, and, uh, and Oh yeah. Okay. You know? And so I would have them focus on those things that you can, can you, can you have a level nine or 10 edit attitude and effort? And if not, what got in the way and how do we, how do we bring that the next time? Right. So, so, that's what your self-worth should be tied to is being the best <clears throat> steward, the best citizen, um, the best version of you, uh, but not tied to scholarships and outcomes and winning and losing and money. Um, none of those things make you happy anyways. You know, all the research is quite clear, you know, like money to a point, if you don't have enough, will make you dissatisfied, but getting more of it doesn't make you any happier. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's, you know, how, how do I become the best version of me and grow and improve so that from day one to day two, I'm a little bit better of a person. I'm a little bit better of a husband. I'm a little bit better of a son. I'm a little bit better of a, um, you know, coworker, um, in teammate, whatever that might be. And, and that's how, when you can start to disconnect self-worth from outcomes, that's where I think the magic starts to happen. That's really good. And uh, as you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It is. And we're kind of raising awareness on being proactive. I like to say prehab, not just rehab. There is time for rehab where, you know, right. th therapy, counseling, working with amazing people like, like you in the field. Um, I think back to our time together at Washington State where you helped us get to a bowl game. And then we went, we went to three bowls in a row. You helped kickstart that mindset. But I look back like I needed you so bad and I never talked. I never we never had like like one one on one conversations like like deep, like sitting in the office and breaking things down. Um, and I'm trying to figure out why I wasn't open to it, you know. Um, and so how about this? Most people have maybe have not been into a session with a, yeah. a professional like you. Um, what if we just for like two minutes role play? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pretend what my mind was like back then. Okay. And and then you're gonna like okay, I'm Colin Henderson. Uh, I'm a receiver for the Cougs starting. Um, I'm not getting the catches I want. I've been I dominated in the spring, dominated in, in the fall camp, but like I'm just a nervous wreck before every game, and I'm afraid to drop passes. I'm afraid their game's on television. What if I fail? I'm just like forty percent of my ability because of fear. And I'm like, uh, Dr. Sam, like, I'm struggling. Like, I don't know. I'm not happy. I'm not getting the reps. I'm not getting the passive phone to me. I'm nervous before every single game for every single play. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So you mentioned that in practice, <laughs> you were doing quite well, right? And it's just, it's just in these game situations where you're noticing this happening. Is that, is that right? True. Okay. So let's, let's go back to practice for a second. If I wanted to recreate the conditions of practice in terms of your mindset, in terms of what you're thinking, in terms of your body, in terms of, you know, how it's feeling. Um, what, what, you know, if I wanted to recreate that, what, what, what would I need to do for you? To recreate what I feel like in like practice, practice yeah. environment. Um, so how'd your I body just, feel when you were performing well? Let's start loose, uh, loose, um, confident, Okay. Uh, I, I, I kind of trusted myself more. Okay. So, so lose confident, trusting. Okay. And then in terms of you, your mindset, let's start with your thoughts, your cognition, like 
what, what was your self-talk in practice, if you can remember? What were you, or maybe it's nothing at all. Man, if I could have just learned self-talk. Um, my, my self-talk is a little more quiet. It's not as loud. I mean, there's less like negative self-talk. Okay. I wouldn't say it's more positive, just less kind of like doubt. Okay. So less doubt and maybe, maybe not thinking about much, much at all. Really. You're just kind of on autopilot. Is that correct? Yeah. Or it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm training. I'm, I can, I know I've gone against this dude a million times. I'm, I'm going to beat this dude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that ties back to the, the confidence part. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then where did that confidence come from? That is a great question. Um, I would say, knowing what I know now, it's unconsciously competent. Um, yeah. But uh, just getting reps in, just knowing that I've, I've done it before, you know, thinking yeah. back to, you know, spring, I, I think I was number two in the team in catches in the fall. Like I'm making plays all, all over the field. I feel good, you know. Yeah. Okay. So I'd, I'd argue that the two main sources of confidence are past success and max preparation. And I think there's a lot of other things in there like optimism and, and setting goals. Okay. But I think the two main chunks of confidence. So, so would it be fair to say in the spring, you, you maximally prepared physically in the weight room, um, you know, which with, um, who's our coach coach o right um, yes coach, coach o, o good remember right, right. <laughs> man let's lift this weight like our hair is on fire coach right. o good job exactly so you you prepared in the weight room you prepared tactically with film you prepared um physically you probably were doing some extras with the jugs or whatever so max prep mm -hmm. um you knew your opponents right and then you had prior success from the day before and in practice you had so I think that's probably where confidence came from. All right. So now let's go to the game. Okay. Talk to me about how you're feeling physically. And then again, how are you feeling in your mind? Yeah, I just feel like I'm my, my, my brain is racing. My heart is racing. I'm just so afraid to like fail. Okay. All right. So we have a recipe that you've set up for success and you have a recipe that's set up for I don't want to call it failure because you you still played pretty well and I mean how about that QBR rating you had right um, the, yeah the, well, the trick yeah, play I, guy right? that's right um, that's right right the double pass but um, yeah you know but but you didn't play as well as you were capable of playing in practice right so we have a recipe for success but you have a different recipe in these games and so so you talked about self awareness okay this is how I use self awareness this is where I start is what are the conditions that you need to perform well? And what are the conditions that are leading to you performing poorly? We want mm -hmm. to, if I'm, if I'm making it quite simple, we wanna replicate the conditions where you perform well, and we wanna avoid the conditions where you play poorly. So we wanna figure out, okay, let's go back to process. What could you do before the game to make sure your body was loose? Because right now you're telling me it's tight. Oh. Okay, I'm just gonna pause on this one. You're, so you know, what? I'm gonna add in one element to this. So sure. in the in the summer, for summer school, to get our scholarship check, we had to have a certain number of credits. Okay. I needed one extra credit to get that check. I took yoga. Ah. And we had guesser quarterback like Heisman top yep. seven Heisman dude like a uh, another few other guys. I'd never experienced, yoga was great, but I'd never experienced the last 10 minutes of yoga was like deep breathing and just mindfulness. I never knew what that word was. 
Right. And we did yoga on Thursdays. Thursdays last summer, I bawled out every single Thursday practice yeah. after yoga. So uh, I know we worked on some stuff with like breathing and to visualize, but I, I didn't know that that was such a way to, to just relax. Yeah. And to stay in the present moment and to not over critique judge for sure um so i'm yeah. adding adding that caveat um listeners in here download the calm app headspace app find a specialist you know like sam who can you know work on just those in the moment things like breathing self-talk having a checklist on what you need to do just like okay this is no different than practice like it's i have i have everything i need within me and i think it's detaching your words from the outcome for sure. And then sure. just trusting, trusting like your pre-snap routine, your, that's one thing I didn't have too, is these routines. I didn't have a routine that one thing I think is critical that I think every coach, parent, athlete, salesperson, you need to develop routines, pre-performance and in the moment performance routines. Yep. And you treat these to see, I didn't carry over the routines from spring, fall practice. You know, I had some games where I had played well, but I had no consistency with, you talked about earlier, like your mind can, your body can in, in influence your mind. Yep. These routines do that. So. Yeah. Let, let me give an example yeah. real quick. Yeah. So or on a routine and, and why it's important, because I think explaining the why is important yeah. as well. Right. So, so I'm sure your listeners have done this. <clears throat> Let's say every morning you get up and you drive to the office, but on Thursday this week, you have a meeting, you're meeting somebody for coffee and it's in the other direction of your office. What happens a lot of the time you get in your car and you start driving to the office and you're like, you, maybe you get to the parking lot and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to meet Sally for coffee. Or you get part of the way and you're like, what am I doing? Well, it's because of your routine. What routines do is they turn off our conscious mind and we go on autopilot. You know, So our conscious mind, what we're talking about when you first learn a skill is in the prefrontal cortex. It's, it's you know, the, the right kind of behind your forehead. And that's a very conscious analytical step by step by step when you first learn a skill. Um, you know, when you first learn to swing a golf club, oh, there's hundreds of technique things in your head. Those are all in the prefrontal cortex. But once something becomes automatic, it gets moved to the motor cortex. And that's very unconscious. Um, and what a pre-performance routine does is signals to our brain to let the motor cortex take over. And you're not asleep, right? I mean, as you're driving, if a deer were to dart out in front of you, you would be able to react, right? Um, but you're on autopilot and you're not trying to over control an outcome. And it's, it's like that's being in the zone. That's where everybody wants to be. And so, yes, having a routine, whether it's what's the routine you do before you pick up the phone call and you make that cold call or uh, yeah. What's the routine you do before you go to sleep or what's the routine you do before when you're in the batter's box or what's the routine you go through after you make a mistake to let go of that play? Um, you know, whether it's picking up grass on the, on the field and, you know, dropping it or dirt and dropping it or re uh, doing the, your, the, your gloves on your hands, uh, you know, whatever it might be. So there's lots of different routines, but they're important to help us turn our conscious brain off. Man, well, I'm so that was a fun exercise going back in time. Like, what was yeah. I thinking? It was a long time ago. Yeah, you. Um, why didn't you come to the Friday night? You know, relaxation and visual. I, I, I did. I, okay, I did. Right. Okay. I was, I was, I was kind of doing that, but uh, again, I just, you know, learned so much. I'm so thankful for that experience because I have empathy for people who 
or kind of experience some of these things, you know? Sure. I'd also say, let's not wait till there's an issue. Let's proactively work at these things. It's like those four pillars we've got to work yep. on. Um, you got to get your, your mind right. Um, so maybe as we kind of conclude again, so fun, Chad, and so fun seeing your yeah, face. It's been likewise. just great vibing. Um, can you think of a story where you kind of worked a, a performer, whether it's a, a CEO executive or an athlete, or just they had some issues, struggles, and that you kind of work with them and like, I would love to kind of just, just, just elevate the awareness, you know, asking for help is a sign of strength. There's no, we should be doing this. You have a strength coach. Everyone should have a coach that works on the the mental side of of what you're doing. So uh, I think just telling stories is the best way. I think we can educate and give examples that everyone's going through something. What do you think that you don't have something that you're a human being? I mean, so is anything come to mind that you're proud of or, excited about and that's a big broad question yeah that is i'm, I'm proud of uh, all, all my clients um yeah. you know so gosh you know i have stories of football players throwing up in the locker room and making everybody else throw up and you know and helping them overcome that uh, confidence is a big thing that that uh people come to me for uh game day jitters and then you know and then a lot of clinical things that I, I work with my athletes on you know depression anxiety substance abuse um, past traumas and those things impact on the field as well. And the, on the field impacts off the field. And so it's, sometimes it's really hard to, to separate. So pick boy, picking one, um, gosh, Maybe, or I, just an I, example. I, I, I mean, it doesn't have to be the best. It could be just right. one example, you know, you know, I, you know, so I I'll go, you know, you, you kind of, kind of the role play we started. I think, I think that's quite, quite common actually. And so helping somebody, tap into their, their practice self and bring that on the field or, or the driving range swing and bringing that onto the golf course, right? Because we all look great on the driving range. And then when we go to do it for real, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's a different swing or something like that. And, and, and so, um, so I think it's helping them learn the awareness of, Hey, what's, what are the ideal conditions? What, what's the recipe for your success? So that's self-awareness. That's part, um, Part one. Part two then becomes self-monitoring. So for you, if I'm using your example, Colin, um, loose muscles, uh, confidence, um, you know, quieter mind, but you know, the thoughts that are in there are positive. So then I would probably have that client uh, journal or performance log and rate themselves every day and all right, how loose were your muscles today? Um, how how uh, quiet was your mind? I'm taking their conditions and now we're going to self monitor. So we went from self-awareness now to self-monitor, learning on their own to check in with their mind and their body and say, Ooh, my body's like an, a, a four in relaxation right now, but I know I need to, to be a seven to perform well. Uh, Ooh, my mind is really loud today. It's, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a two, but I need to be a, an eight in quietness. And so now it's learning to self-monitor and be self-aware in a different way. Mm-hmm. And then and only then do the techniques come in. So now that I know that I need to be a six in quiet mind or eight in loose muscles, and now that I've tracked it for a couple of days, and now I, and now I know what a two feels like and what a six feels like and what a nine feels like. Now it's, all right, what are the techniques if you're a two, but you need to get to a six in terms of loose muscles? What can you do? Uh, in order to to move yourself. And that might be breathing techniques. That might be progressive muscle relaxation. That might be yoga. Um, 
that might be visualization. And then it's learning those techniques. And then ultimately it's taking that, those ideal conditions and now being able to implement them in the game and then being able to see them perform to their potential. I mean, that's why we do what we do. It is such a, it's such a great feeling to know that you played a little part of that, but more so to see their happiness and to see them perform to their potential. I mean, that's, that's worth its weight in gold right there. And so mm -hmm. that's probably, those are probably the, you know, success stories that come to mind or taking that's somebody great. who isn't able to perform to their potential, whether it's jitters, whether it's uh, overthinking, whether it's tension, um, tight muscles, all of the above, and then helping them um, through self-awareness, self-monitoring, and then interventions, helping them being able to perform to their potential on the field. That's so good. And listeners, we're going to just give you a challenge today, mindset challenge. Step one is do the exercise, monitor when you're at your best. What were the, the environment like, the conditions like, your habits, routines, what you were thinking about. Uh, maybe look at when you weren't doing your best and then kind of pinpoint some key areas you want to evaluate. And then step two is to self-monitor. Since we've identified, okay, these conditions or feelings are when I'm optimizing myself, let's measure them and have some goals, but let's, let's, let's be able to check in with myself and journaling is powerful, right? For sure. And, and then, and then once I'm not where I need to be, I think the step three would be, let's have some things like self-talk or mindfulness or breath to elevate if we're at a four or five or six to get up a little bit higher. And I think the last thing I'll say before we kind of sign off is we need to practice better with more intensity, more risk. Yeah. No, no Wouldn't doubt. you agree? Yeah, I, I mean, you're just you're just practicing with like this is a safe environment. It's easy. I feel comfortable, yes. but we have to simulate hundred thousand fans or like a crazy person you're selling to, or we have to elevate risk and practice and simulate threat to to feel those emotions to get ourselves to calm down. Right. Uh, so that's the last thing I, I would. Yeah. So add on so, so put some burpees on the line to add some yeah. pressure, or or go run and get your heart rate up, and then try to execute the skill. Don't try yeah. to do it in a calm, relaxed setting. You know, have a friendly competition with somebody to to raise the stakes a little bit. Um, if you're on the driving range, visualize uh, the first tee with people watching you. Water to your left, trees to your right. Um, don't just step up and swing the club over and over again. Um, you know, have have a target. Go through your routine. Um, you know, if you're in the if you're in the cage in baseball, go through your routine. Um, you know, don't just swing, 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 swing. So I couldn't agree more. You have to practice under pressure to be able to perform under pressure. Last question. You have two kids. I have five kids. What's one thing we can do for our kids to help them build that strong mindset? Uh, I, th I think stop critiquing them so much and, uh, and just really let them know that you enjoy watching them. Um, it's like the, the amount of uh, sideline coaching and in the car coaching. And I'm guilty of this too. I, I fall into the same trap. Right. Uh, but just let them have fun. Um, yeah. you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, offer, you know, anything better than that. Yeah. You look at uh, Bruce Brown, six words. I love to watch you play. Uh, yep. Dr. Sam, uh, where can folks find you? So you can find my website uh, at centerforpeakperformance.com. You can find me at Twitter at, at Sam underscore Maniar, M-A-N-I-A-R. I'm on Instagram at Center for Peak Performance, and that's with the number four. I write a guest column for 
Ironically, I love to watch you play.com. That's called Ask Dr. Sam, where I answer sports parents' questions. And I also do a sports parents podcast on I love to watch you play.com. So those are probably all the different ways you can find me. And we, we, we share the same passion as I mentor kids. One of my first questions is like, when you feel fear, where does that fear come from? And the majority answer was parents. Yeah. So I wrote a book called Positive Parenting just to give parents some coaching because parents need coaching too. But uh, Dr. Sandra, amazing. I loved our time. We had every single episode with this. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. <laughs>